The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. And good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. I'm your host, Ed Meyer. Old horse, Sir Much thanks for taking time to tune in each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, depending on which coast you live on or call home, as we talk about the sport of kings what sport can be called the sport of kings other than horse racing hmm good question but an easy one to answer newsflash winning ponies exotics payoffs is 7.9 million for the year and continues to grow each and every day give it a look check out the site and believe you me you cannot go wrong at least give it a look if if, if you're not a participant if you're not a if you're not a believer Take a peek at it yourself. I I was kind of stumbling upon it. Well, I'd say it's now been 13 months. And I stumbled across it. Ease of use. Became a, a user. And then I started blogging. And then I started doing this, chatting with you, talking about the Sporty Kings. And I definitely like their products. Comparatively to what's out there, very innovative stuff. This weekend is the Traverse Stakes, the Midsummer Derby. When we reach this time in racing, in the racing season, summer is dwindling away. Where is it gone? And this is when the big boys and gals prepare for the Breeders' Cup, the 140th running of the Traverse Stakes, a Midsummer Derby. Where has summer gone? I'll tell you where it's gone, the same place it goes every year. And the big boys and gals are coming out to play. It's always fun. That's the best part about racing. There's action year-round. In the wintertime, they're just kind of taking a break, a little hiatus, and they're kind of focusing in on when they're going to start coming back. In the springtime, they're coming into zenith. In the summertime, they're rolling. The fall, that's the Breeders' Cup. The wintertime, they're kind of throttling down, and the cycle repeats. Oh, how I love racing. Well, it's on the agenda for tonight. We're going to recap last week's races. We're going to talk about that. Going to talk about some biggins. Biggins, hope you were strapped and loaded on. News for racing. Keep you up to date. Special guest this week, Turk Publicist America President, Publicity Director, Photographer, friend of mine, John C. Englehart. If you like some of the guests, thank John. His many relations, and we work together, been able to get on some great guests. I'll do in part our good friend John Englehart. Then we got Pistol Pete in his place of the week. Pete I.O. is going to be calling in. Emphatic crazy, but the kid can handicap. He can call races. He knows the game. Pistol Pete, one good guy. And then final furlong handicapping. That's handicapping with yours truly. Hopefully we will be giving out some winners. But before we do that, let's recap the sheets. 
I like to kind of refresh you each and every week with a little something different. Each, each and every week, I want to let you know about the ease of use. There's information for the hardcore handicapper to someone using them for the first time. Yep, it crosses the board. If you're a first-time user of hardcore handicapper, you can extrapolate some, some winning action out of this. Track condition and turf condition changes. I love that. I absolutely love this. No other, none, zero, zilch. They print their stuff 48 hours in advance, sometimes at least 24 hours in advance. That, that's, that's the closest you're going to get. And they, they handicap for whatever track condition they believe what the Weather Channel happens to say. As we all know, Mr. Weatherman can be wrong from time to time. With winning ponies, you can actually draw down. Say, I, I handicap for a fast track. Well, Mother Nature came, spilled a little rain. Now it's muddy. I have the pull-down pull down tab. What do I have? A whole new set of predictions. Same for turf. Turf is on, off. I love the change-up ability. You can change the track conditions. Whole new set of predictions await. This is a feature you're never going to get on any, any other info or data service. If you got it out there, bring it to me because I'd like to see it. Speed ratings, the current race, which means the race that they're going to run in, the last three, kind of gives you an little objective point of view of what's been going on the last three races in their life. Even a turf rating, incredible. The three, pair them up, add them up, whatever you'd like to pull from that. I'd say the speed ratings are one of my favorites. Expansive and complete PPs, just like the Equibase program or the Daily Racing Form or whatever you're using to get your information from. Complete PPs. Specific notations and symbols, the plus, the double plus which means good things are coming. The double plus, I have yet to lose on one yet. That means great things are coming their way. Monster workouts, it's always nice to know. Sometimes you'll, you'll overlook at it. It just kind of blends in at sometimes. Three furlongs, 35 and two. Well, I need to be taking a look at that. Missed one about a week ago. Actually, I looked down and I saw monster workout, 33 and change. I said, is this horse on rocket fuel? First-time blinkers. Adds a little speed, a little focus to an animal. It's always important. Dropping down in class. If you're dropping down in class, you're facing lesser company. So that's always really, really good stuff. So that's a recap of the sheets. Kind of like to, like to throw that out there, let you know what's happening. And, you know... You're only going to know it if you actually take a look at it. I can talk to him blue in the face, but you, you won't be a believer until you actually just look at it yourself. And I think that uh, by winning ponies, may the horse be with you. And sometimes luck just isn't, isn't enough. And testimonials, be sure to drop us a line. Tell us how you're doing. For your efforts, you're going to receive a cool-looking baseball cap. That's for your testimonials. Here's a couple for you. Dan H. from Beaumont, Texas. Played a $2 exacto box, $12 total on your top three picks, it says. They won second and third. Exacto paid five thirty-one. I'm up 250 bucks for the day with nine races to go. Man, I love your value plays. Ken C. from Milford, Ohio. Been definitely following the site for two months. Followed your results daily. Finally took the plunge yesterday. Boxed your top three choices in the first race of Saratoga. Bam. Little Emerald Gassi, $561 exactly right out of the box. Now you have a lifetime customer. 
Vance E. from Plainfield, Illinois. You guys are unreal. I used your website for the first time yesterday. Hit two tries at Arlington races, two and nine. I would have hit a pick three as well, but foolishly went against your number one ranking in one of my races. My bankroll was 250 clams. I walked away with 1,900 on the day. I won't ever consider betting races again without viewing your tears. That's all from the testimonials. I say take a look at them. You'll see a lot of good stuff there. I, you know, I, I like to kind of peruse through there and just see how people are doing. Kind of, kind of gives you a little bit of a barometer. It lets you, lets you know exactly what you're missing if you're not a part of it. Let me recap last week's races. Delmar, August 22nd, race number eight. The Delmar Oaks, grade one. Very nice race indeed. It was a mile and an eighth on the turf. $350,000 up for grabs. Internally flawless, stings them and stings them well with Garrett Gomez and the Irons. Paying fifteen eighty win for bullet Bob Baffert. That guy never wins, does he? Just made his way in the Hall of Fame and looked good doing that as well. August 22nd, the Philip H. Island, grade three, a mile and eighth on the dirt. $300,000 up for grabs. Chirac, Elvis Trujillo and the Irons wins by six and three-quarter lengths at a whopping price of twenty-six forty to win for Jane Shabelli. The favorite, Coldplay, Joe Bravo, finished fourth. Wow. Jersey Joe, what happened? Alabama, grade one on August 22nd, a mile and a quarter on the dirt, $600,000. $600,000. Yep, you heard it right. Careless Jewel turned it into a laugher. Robert Landry came down from Canada. Wins by 11. Polytrack runner here. Actually, his run on the dirt as well. Pays 780 What a price there for Josie Carroll. Careless Jewel turned it into a real walk over there. August 22nd, the Eternal Search, a mile and 16th on the all-weather. $125,000 up for grab at Woodbine. It was only a comeback field of four, but double malt. Eureka da Silva stings him for, by winning four and three-quarter lengths as the overwhelming favorite, paying two ninety to win for Malcolm Pierce. Like that there. August 22nd at Thistle Downs, the Miss Ohio Stakes, six furlongs on the dirt. Our man Johnny McKee stepping back into Ohio with Ohio Star winning by three lengths. Three wide, drifted, going away for Bill Conley, paying 380 to win. Trust you me, if Johnny McKee, if he comes to Ohio and stays, this guy will make it tough on everybody. And our special guest, he'll even give you a little rhyme and a riddle and a little song that he made up about Mr. Johnny McKee. I'll let you savor that one for a little bit. Mammoth race number 10 on the 23rd of August, the Charles Hess grade three. Mile 16th on the dirt, 100 G up for grabs. Hermosillo, Pedro Cato Jr. in the Irons wins by six, paying 72.40 for Stephen Demaro. Very nice indeed. Delmar, August 23rd, the Solara Beach handicap, a mile on the turf, 100 grand. You lift me up, Joel Rosario, winning by a half a length right at the wire, paying nine dollars and sixty cents to win for Jerry Hollendorfer, the king of Northern California racing. August 23rd, the Yato Handicap, a mile and an eighth on the inner turf, 100 grand once again. Number seven, the Anti Cat, Rajiv Murat, winning by a length and a half. Steady sharply at the three eighths. I mean, steady sharply is a, an understatement. How about just stopped cold? Goes on to pay 780 to win for Barkley Tag. Very nice indeed. Run down a couple of the big ones. Friday, August 21st. 
Winning the case was Blue Ribbon Downs Race 11, a Superfecta 9,829.60. Pretty good for Blue Ribbon Downs. On Saturday, August 22nd, 166 total biggins. Winning the hat was Thistle Down. Race number eight, a Superfecta box, 8,756.20. Not bad for a little Ohio track, I do say my so myself. Sunday, August 23rd, 116 total biggins. Yavapai Downs. Our man Boomer Rye had the microphone. Race number nine, Superfecta Key, 29,293.80. Boomer must have had a field day with that one. Monday, August 24th, 48 total biggins. Thistle Downs, race number seven, a Superfecta box, 23,709.40. Yep, there's value in Ohio racing to be had. Tuesday, August 25th, 51 total biggins. Fort Erie, race number one, a Superfecta, 26,653.10. I hope you left the 10 cents at the window. Wednesday, August 26, 55 total biggins. Penn National led the clouds with race number four, Superfecta Key, 8,961.40. Not bad. Thursday, August 27, that's today, 43 total biggins. Louisiana Downs, and the day is not over. Race number six, or Louisiana Downs, Superfecta box, 3,080.480. Those are some biggins, boys and girls. And I hope you were tied on, and I hope you were ready to go, because if, in fact, you're not, it is not too late to jump on board. Some news to kind of spew out there before we head out to our first break. Rachel Alexandra, going to skip the Travers this week. Going to head to the Woodward on September 5th. Going to take on the older boys. Got to love that. I think this girl could take on anybody. Careless Jewel turns Alabama into a laugher. As I said, Robert Landry just... This three-year-old daughter, Tappet, every runner of Tappet, you need to pay attention to. Jockey enjoys six wins in a day. Where did it happen? Little River Downs. Edgar Palker, 34 of Lima, Peru, rode six of his seven mounts to victory Sunday at River Downs. What a great feeling, he said. He's ridden five in a day at Beulah Park, but never six. He now joins Perry Utes and Carlos Marquez in the six-win club at Cincinnati's favorite racetrack, River Downs. You ride six winners anywhere. That is news. <laughs> that is newsworthy at Saratoga, Hastings Park, anywhere you want to go. Turfway Park drops the Kentucky Juvenile Stakes, facing tough economic decisions. That's going to hurt. That is going to hurt. Out of the juvenile, uh, one I I I can still cash. I can still cash and remember the way it felt. This one point given one, the juvenile stakes. Going to miss it a great deal. Turfway Park undergoing some very, very tough decisions. Hopefully racing will land on its feet. Hate to see the industry in this this type of shape, but Kentucky racing, who knows? They may be on the rebound. Well, we just that to our first break, and when we return, we're going to have our special guest of the week, Turf Publicist President, Publicity Director River Downs, Professional photographer, hardcore handicapper, and a man I am lucky to call my friend, Mr. John Collins Engelhart. And you're only going to get it if you stay tuned here on Winning Ponies. flagship station for sports voice america sports 
Imagine a family that was almost fed by neighbors who almost volunteered to help them out, almost volunteered to give them their first hot meal in weeks, almost volunteered. But as anyone knows, when it comes to giving, almost doesn't count. Don't almost give. Give. Give of your time, your money, your kindness. To find out how, visit our website at don'talmostgive.org. This message brought to you by the Ad Council. Jessica. Hi, Mrs. Johnson. Is Megan there? Sure. Follow me. The kids are in the kitchen making sandwiches. <laughs> hey, Julie. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Megan. Hey, Megan. Yeah? You're a total freak. God, you're ugly. And dumb. Oh, and your makeup makes you look like a tramp. Oh, my God. Tommy Morris told me you guys made out. Everybody knows. The whole school knows. He said your breath smelled like garbage, and he almost puked. He says you're the most desperate girl he knows. And that dress is totally hideous. You look like a big, fat clown. Disgusting. Oh, and by the way, nice zit. If you wouldn't say it in person, why say it online? Delete cyberbullying. Don't write it. Don't forward it. For more information, visit ncpc.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Justice, Crime Prevention Coalition of America, National Crime Prevention Council, and the Ad Council. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Now, Mrs. Johnson, before we close on your mortgage loan, I want to make sure you remember Mike. Hi. You can trust me. I'm African-American, just like you. So, here's the low monthly payments and interest rates we promised, and here's where they triple. The rest of this stuff is just here to make sure that we get your house when you can't pay us back. What a lovely house. Predatory lenders are never this easy to spot. Call us at 866-222-FAIR and protect yourself with the facts. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Fair Housing Alliance and the Ad Council. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back to Winning Ponies once again. I'm Ed Meyer. This is our second segment, and as always, we have on a special guest. And the special guests are because of this special guest. I'll explain a little bit later. This week is no different as Winnie Ponies is honored and pleased to have on president of the Turf Publicists of America, publicity director of River Downs, incredible equine photographer, and a handicapper who loves the sport of kings, Mr. John Collins Engelhardt. Johnny boy, are you there? 
Yeah, I am. I'm just a little foggy from banging my head on the desk with all that head-banging intro music you have. <laughs> you got to love it. Back in the saddle now. <laughs> you know, I, I know how much you like Aerosmith, and, you know, it's, it's right down your alley. John, thanks for taking time to, to come on board and be with us. And as I just alluded to, as I said, uh, because of this special guest, if, you, if you've enjoyed any of the guests we've had in the past, the gentleman that is taking the time to be with us tonight is instrumental and very much a guiding hand, and a man I call a friend who actually uh, helps us get on many of the wonderful guests we've had on in the past uh, here on Winning Ponies. And, John, thanks so much for that. I really appreciate that. And I'm just lucky to be in this game and, and, and to meet uh, all so many good people. Uh, as a matter of fact, I uh, just uh, recently reviewed your uh, your interview with Eric Reed. What a class act that was. It was a great interview, too, because he, he touched on so many different uh, topics about racing. I loved his uh, introspective views about, you know, the future with, uh, you know, the advent of VLTs. I, I love the fact that uh, he kind of gave people a new view into a training center and the advantages of a training center. I mean, that's just one of the many guests you've had this year uh, that uh, hopefully your listeners really appreciate listening to. Eric was a whole lot of fun. He was a class act. And I liked when I kind of shocked him a little bit. I said, from all weather to dirt. And he actually ran fourth in the grade one Alabama for $600,000 and actually said, you're a 31% winner. He said, I did not know that. I know. He's got to check his own stats in the form, you know. (laughs) I like that. John, you're a man of many hats in racing. Refresh our listeners on how you have begun with your humble beginnings into the world of racing. Well, yeah, there are a lot of hats, and then quite frankly, I've enjoyed wearing every one of them, uh, whether I'm a a photographer or or a journalist or a publicist. uh, They've all been great. My my roots started back in a place that I know we're going to touch upon a couple grade one races later in the segment, Uh, and that was up in Saratoga. I grew up in upstate New York. Uh, spent my summers in uh, Albany, and of course, anybody that's in the summers in Albany shoots right up to Saratoga uh, during the month of August. Uh, those were great, great times. My, my brother Bob worked up there. Uh, he was a white cap in the clubhouse. Uh, I was a little kid, and I would run bets for him. I would go up with my neighbor lady, uh, Mrs. Sanchirico, because Johnny and Bob would have to go up early. They were both white caps. And I'd go under the turnstiles and run the bets for those guys. They, they'd each have their own section, and they, you know, We'd kind of tout people in their section, and they'd get tips at the end of the day. It was a lot of fun, and I, I'd get a uh, you know a Sunday at the end of the day for my uh, work. But it was neat, you know. I'd run around and run around the paddock. I'd, I'd back then the jockeys just dismounted on the track and then walked straight back to the jockeys' quarters, and you could walk alongside you know Bill Shoemaker, Manny Acaso, Braulio Beza. Uh, it was just uh, really cool to be around uh, those racing greats. Of course, Cadero back in those days was, was the king, and uh, it was just it was a neat way to get exposed to the sport. You hold a lot of family closeness there when you mention your brother Bob and uh, how you've actually you know spent your days there. And actually, that was one of the questions was uh, you know as the Midsummer's Derby has arrived on us, and you know describe a typical summer day and i and i think you did it so eloquently that uh you know i i can still hear it like like it just happened yesterday in your voice i mean would you have rather been anywhere else but there 
No, absolutely not. I mean, you know, the whole, uh, that area of upstate New York, when Saratoga comes, you know, uh, just becomes entrenched uh, at the spa, and everything's about racing. That's what's so great. If your listeners, if you've never been there, everybody has their favorite, whether it be Del Mar or Keeneland, uh, you've got to at least experience Saratoga, because it's so neat. Everybody in the town is just, you know, entrenched in the racing then, and we would start our day, if I can call it that, uh, at Colson newsstand in Albany at midnight. Back then, they didn't have the printing capabilities or the transportation abilities that we have now, and so we would wait till the trucks came in about midnight, and they'd throw the racing forms off the truck, and we'd follow the guy into Colson's, and we'd get our racing forms about midnight, and then go back uh, to, the, to the kitchen on New Scotland Ave, and we'd start, we'd start capping. Uh, Bob... Uh, delegated me things. Now, you got to remember, I'm like, you know, 11, 12 years old. But he'd say, John, I want you to go through all the workouts, and I don't care about the horse that worked fastest. I want to know the horses that work second, third, and fourth. Well, of course, now you get that in the racing form. But back then, it was a great handicapping angle, you know, because, you know, you might have General Assembly working at 58 and change, but who worked the second fastest, you know? And uh, so it's just little things like that. And, you know, actually, he was kind of helping me with my math and doing things by fifths of a second. And uh, it, it was a neat way. And then you go to the track, and you'd find out if you were right the next day. Uh, you'd have the honeydew watermelons. Uh, you, you'd, you'd have, uh, you know, the little green sheet, uh, chicken Sadie, uh, the the fantastic chicken uh, that they made up there. Um, it was just a, a amazing. It was almost like a, a county fair. And um, it was, uh, you, you have to go there sometime if you've never been there. But anyhow, that's, that's how I got turned on to the sport. It, it, was just, it was just so neat. Most of the time I spent back in kind of the picnic area and the paddock area, you know, watching the horses warm up. This is a two-parter. Now, the first part, you just have to say the year. What year did you begin going to see the Travers? Oh, boy. Um, I'm going to guess it was sheesh, probably Arts and Letters in 1969. 69. Yeah, Braulio Baeza won it that year. I used to bring my little brownie camera and take pictures. I think I got an old picture of, of Arts and Letters back then. But, you know, I will tell you, you know, it's just, you know, of course, the the Travers, we're going to see it this weekend. It's the Midsummer Derby. It's it's a race unto itself. And uh, it, it, if you wish, I'll go back and recall like my top three or four. Um, in, in 1977, uh, Run Dusty Run, who was one of the unluckiest horses in racing because he came up the same year as Seattle Slough, he probably would have won the Triple Crown if Slough wasn't around. Finally, he gets to wear the crown. He wins the Travers for Smiley Adams, who, of course, a lot of races in the Midwest uh, when he took over the Calumet horses, uh, and he gets he gets DQ'd. And on the way back, Smiley Adams is flipping the bird to the stewards. I remember <laughs> that one specifically, you know. And then, of course, the following year, what a great year because it was another rematch between Affirmed and Alidar. Now, at that time. Uh, there had been. Remember, Steve Cawthon went out west and kind of went into his slump, and so they named King Kai unaffirmed. Well, that pissed off Angel Cadero. So uh, you, you had Velasquez on Alidar, you had Pinkai uh, unaffirmed. They're going down the backstretch, and Cadero's on a speed horse called Shake, Shake, Shake. I don't know if the horse ever won another race. And Cadero, it seemed to me, his only role was to make a huge hole 
for Alidar. And he went down there and he raced right up on the inside of Affirmed, kept them wide, kept them wide, and then and then Alidar was slipping up through the rail. Well, Pinkai doesn't see this, and of course, horses switch leads as they go into the turn. And, and Pinkai, you know, boom, you know, he's got Alidar. I mean, he's got affirmed. He switches over, and ever so slightly, um, Alidar had to steady. Well, believe it or not, and you know, the the greatest you know head to head battle I remember in racing, Alidar and affirmed. Affirmed got DQ. Affirmed went on to win. You know, by many lengths, and he got DQ'd, and they put Ali Dar up. So that was that. That was a really memorable one, uh, of course. And then in '79, I was there uh, for the track record. Rain cats and dogs, as you know, you, you, you get to sit in the in the quiet of your office and, and watch Saratoga sometimes when they have these quagmires. Um, and uh, General Assembly, um, it was wet. You've seen this a lot of tracks. Track records get set sometimes as we're wet because the soaps are going right through the clay. Uh, General Assembly, who was arguably the greatest male son of uh, Secretariat, uh, set a new track record in the Travers. And then uh, if I'll just go on to one more, Ed, and then I'll shut up. No, is, no. Uh, in 1982, it was a very memorable Travers because uh, I believe it was the first time that the three winners of the Triple Crown races, uh, Gato Del Sol won the Derby, uh, Aloma's Ruler won the Preakness, and Conquistador Cielo won the Belmont Stakes, that they would all be rematched in the Midsummer Derby. I mean, it, the place was packed. It was buzzing. Everybody had their favorite. And, of course, Runaway Groom wins the race. <laughs> so, uh, you know, those are uh, th- those are my memories of, of the spa, and the, uh, well, uh, of, of the Traverse Stakes is specifically, Ed. You know, I, I've never had the, the pleasure of going up to Saratoga, and I keep watching on YouTube, and it's a little bit before my, well, actually before my birth and just by a few years, but I keep uh, going back to YouTube and watching Jepper and Rydan going down. And, uh, and I talk to a lot of the old-timers, and they say this might have been one of the greatest travers that comes to their mind, but, you know, it, you, you talked about being on hand, and I think... The shoe, Willie the shoe on Jepper. <laughs> Can you can you give us a seventy yard call in? <laughs> no, I can't. I can't say that I did that. But I used to also cut the charts for my brother and paste them on the back of the photos. So we we kept a chart book up there. It was just it was fantastic. Of course, the only time I got to see Secretariat run was in the Whitney Stakes in Saratoga, and I'm sure many of your older listeners will remember that was the day that Alan Jerkins. Onion, onion upset Big Red. It was uh, it was heartbreaking. I was down at the quarter pole with my little camera, hoping to get a picture of Big Red as he flashed by, and uh, instead, some horse I had no idea who he was, <laughs> and it was Alan Jerkins. Onion won the Whitney. Onion made him cry. John, among the many jobs you've had, I, I I've left out one of the most fun in in, in your uh, in your weekly regiment, uh, and I think as part of your week, it's one of your favorites. You're the creator of an informative educational show that demonstrates to players just how much fun racing can be. Uh, that would be the regular guy, and I hope they tune in. I'm sure most people keep the sound down. That's why we put our picks up in numbers. But, yeah, it's been great. It's been a 10-year run with the regular guy, and I you know that you've been uh, probably my most frequent uh, co-host. Um, 
you know, we, we just, we have fun. And a lot of times we do have the regular guy. A guy I had last week was, you know, an assistant trainer. Uh, you know, I've had everybody from, uh, you know, Catholic priest to local uh, talk show host. You know, uh, guys that we just pull out of the grandstand. It's, it, it's fun. It's informative. The, the bottom line is I'm trying to teach you a little bit of something. It, it's, uh, as I know, the only show that actually will put the daily racing form in an overhead camera and show you how to find the information. It's like, I don't want to just sit there and read the form. I don't want to just sit there and tell you who I like. I want to say, this is who I like, but here's where I got the information. You know, this is where you find it. Teach yourself how to read the form, and you're going to enjoy the game so much more. That's why this game is so much better than going to a casino or something, because it's cerebral. I mean, you get the input. You get to make the decision, you know. Um, it, it, it's, it's just fantastic. And remember, you're not playing against the house. You're playing against the other guys at the track. Hence the French Paramutual, you're playing against the others, the public. You know, I have a favorite episode of yours, and uh, it's actually, uh, the man wouldn't give his name, but he only gave his name as the $6 man. It's actually <laughs> when you, you had him take his shirt off to, uh, to actually get a River Downs t-shirt. But you know what? It will go down in the history as the $6 man. And he was the winner that day. Some people do anything for a free T-shirt. And I'm right <laughs> out there, and I get my hecklers, as you well know. Uh, but that's okay. You know, I, I can't control the payoffs. I can't control the field size. You know, if, if, if a trifecta is a short price and I give it out, what am I supposed to do? Give them out some other horses that, <laughs> that didn't hit the board? Give them out 390 uh, so, one losers. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's tough. For anybody that's been in that position as a public handicapper, uh, they know it's, it's not easy. But uh, you, know, you do your best. You always do. You know, a lot of people think, you know, yeah, you're giving me this horse, but you're betting another. No, you can follow me to the window. I bet the same three horses I give out on TV. And then Which we I think we should give some out here, Ed. Oh, and in fact, I think we are going to be doing that. I was going to say real quickly there, and when we have hand, we have uh, the quarter horse races, which we've been lucky to have for the last couple of weeks, Pete Aiello, announcer and great handicapper of the quarters, and I mean, they whiz by like, like, like a bolt of lightning. He does his own handicapping spiel of the regular guy, part two upstairs. I mean, yeah, yeah he's, he's kind of like, you know, the, the uh, 1A, 1B of the regular guy, you know. He's, he's the other entry mate, and he did fantastic. We had uh, the Queen City Dash last week in another quarter horse race, and he nailed them both in the trifecta. And I believe we're, uh, next Tuesday we're going to have some uh, quarter horses. So I advise people to stay tuned uh, after the short fat guy gets off the air. And to listen to the round mound of sound, Pete Aiello. I agree. Johnny boy, you can't duck it anymore. It's time to take off the gloves and handicaps and grade one action leading up to the Travers. And don't forget, there's a million-dollar pick four, and three of these races are actually in it. A million-dollar pick four is very nice. We're going to start with race number 10, seven furlongs, the Ballerina. It's a grade one event at Saratoga on Saturday. Yeah, just to, to, to preface it, what I understand is that Mind That Bird uh, will be staying in the barn uh for, for the Travers. So uh, the Travers is scheduled for 546, and it'll be the last leg of a million-dollar guaranteed all-stakes pick four. Uh, there'll be the Boston Spa, the Ballerina, the King's Bishop, and luckily people can tune in because ESPN's going to carry it with a 90-minute broadcast. So if you can't make it to a racetrack near you, uh, at least you can watch it on TV. 
You got to love that, and I believe he's going to run in the Goodwood at Santa Anita, so he's going to get that trip on the uh, on the uh, synthetic surface at Santa Anita in preparation for the uh, Breeders' Cup. But on to the tenth race, Johnny Boy. Seven panels are going to run the Ballerina Stakes Grade One, three hundred thousand for fillies and mares, three year olds and up. Well, I'm going to pick a horse to beat an Eclipse Award winner, and uh, I'm you know I, I know back in the day when I started handicapping, there was a handicapper by the name of Tom Ainsley that wrote some great books. I advise everybody to go back and read them because it's just good basic handicapping knowledge and uh, one one of his quotes was you can measure every horse's best distance with a yardstick and i think if you took that yardstick out and put it in front of informed decision you would find out that seven furlongs is what this horse was bred to do this horse is five for five at seven furlongs. Jonathan Shepard, who's noted for horses going over the jumps, has just done a sensational job with this horse. Kind of took a soft spot last time out with that Chicago handicap. It was a grade three, but, you know, the horse the horse won off easy. You've got Julian Leperu, the regular rider of the horse. Uh, I'm going to take informed decision over Indian blessing. It looks like a cold exacta to me, Ed. I do like informed decision. And Julian Leperu a few weeks back was uh, luckily our guest on his way up to Saratoga. Once again, another blessing by yourself. On to race number 11 we go. It is seven panels. The King's Bishop, another grade one, and uh, $300,000 for three-year-olds, and they're going to go seven panels. Yeah, uh, a great field drawn together, and you can make a case for a slew of them. I'm, I'm going to play kind of a historic angle here, Ed. Uh, horses that have come out of the Haskell Stakes, have great success in the King's Bishop. Uh, since 1977, uh, Tell the Cat, Forestry, More Than Ready, and Hard Spun uh, have won the King's Bishop after finishing third or worse in the Haskell. So the Haskell's kind of been a prep for this race, and the horse I'm, I'm, I'm pointing to would be Munnings. Uh, ran behind two not-so-bad horses, the Preakness winner and the Belmont winner, Rachel, Rachel Alexander and Summer Bird. So if you're going to run third in the Haskell, those are probably two horses that are legitimate to run behind. Not crazy about the inside post, but uh, I think Munnings is the one to beat in there. I'm going to put it over uh, Captain Candyman and Big Drama. You know, if the weather is fine, the rail post, if, if it's The weather's fine, not going right. to be fine, I'm reading about. Oh, no, because I was going to say the rail post on a on a good to fast track is winning at a 21% clip. I love the turn back. I love Munnings. Actually, four for four at the distance. Then we go to race number 12. It's the what you've been calling for, the mile and a quarter Travers, the grade one Shadwell Travers stakes, that is, $1 million up for grabs. No Rachel, the beast from the east, and no derby winner, John. Who do we got here? Well, it is the Midsummer Derby, and uh, you know it just—it's always a fantastic race. And I've got to really go with what I feel is just the quality of the field. Of course, I'm showing my hand there. Quality road. I know the horse is coming off only a six and a half furlong race, but that was a new track record at Saratoga. Uh, you know. Fletcher had to find something for Quality Road. We all know that the horse had some hoof problems after the Florida Derby, and it came out of Jimmy Jerkins' barn. Uh, but the horse is on its toes. August 16th, he, he bullets in his work. Then he comes back uh, with this horse, and not only does he set a new course record, but that was after he stumbled at the break and was forced five wide in the race. I think Quality Road, who may have been perhaps the, the, the first or second favorite in the Kentucky Derby, uh, 
is the class of this field. And the horse I like at a little bit of a price in here is Charitable Man. Uh, you don't you don't use the Jim Dandy as a prep, but nonetheless, the horse finished up well, uh, making a nice late gain. This horse was bred to go a mile and a quarter uh, by Lemon Drop Kid out of the St. Pilato Mare. Uh, so a little bit of a price there. I like Quality Road and uh, Charitable Man as uh, my top two in there. You know, I, I agree with your top pick all the way around. Be, after the Florida Derby, became my Derby horse in the back of my noggin. I think one that, uh, in my opinion, and uh, maybe you can shed a little bit of light on, was Summerbird. I watched Summerbird from the three ace pull in, running against Rachel Alexandra. Summerbird was all out, everything all out, not moving at his own speed, his own pace. I think the Haskell took a whole lot out of Summerbird. Uh. We'll find out if it took it out or if it was just an aberration. You know, the thing I think you want to look at is if Munnings wins the earlier race on the card impressively, you know, he he he, he beat uh, Munnings in that race. Right. So that might move him up. You know, uh, I think anybody will tell you what the source was doing ahead off Rachel Alexander at the half-mile pole. You're just going to scratch your head. Well, John, I, I agree with you there. You get three or the four legs of the million-dollar pick four out. I think our listeners have got those locked and loaded. John Winning Ponies, I'd like to thank you for being this week's special guest, also for being instrumental in lining up some of the great weekly guests we've had all year and for the last 13 months, I should say. We wish you the best in life and, and all the best in racing and all your racing pursuits. Tur Publicist President. Uh, publicity, the spin doctor, as I like to call you, <laughs> the uh, professional track photographer, and someone I'm lucky to call a friend. John, thanks uh, so much. The feelings mutual, Ed. You guys, you do a great job on winning podies, and I'm glad you guys are giving out so many winners. We got to keep this game going, baby. Thank you, John. Take care. Have a good one. We'll see you at the races. John Engelhart, a man who loves the racing game. Time to head up to a break. When we return, you better stay tuned because this guy's locked and loaded. Pistol Pete Iello is going to be hanging on for the next segment of Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bench his ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. I can take care of myself. I can make a peanut butter sandwich. I can brush my teeth and I can give myself a bath. I can walk home alone from school. I can pick dinner from the trash behind the deli. I can watch the baby for the whole weekend. I can keep a baseball bat by my bed just in case there's trouble. Don't worry about me. I can take care of myself. If you're in jail, who'll be there to take care of your family? Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. And they're off! 
what? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. Joining us as a fixture on Winning Ponies, and I have to say I like that, is track announcer extraordinaire, handicapper, mule aficionado, one Mr. Pistol Pete Iello. Pete, are you there? I'm here, but I don't think the mule aficionado can uh, be said for today. I, I didn't do very well on the one mule race in Sacramento this afternoon. So One, one mule race does not define you, my friend. Well, I just have to say that uh, my good mule friend, Genghis Khan, let me down. He didn't run yet anywhere close to the race I thought he was going to run. So what he, he and the majority of the public were, were slayed by Genghis Khan. <laughs> by Ge- Literally, by Genghis Khan. <laughs> what have you got for us this week, Peter? Well, you know, Ed, you asked me on break if, uh, the, if the track uh, was uh, Ferndale, and unfortunately for me and everyone's uh, wallets out there, Ferndale's closed. They closed on Sunday. But uh, tomorrow afternoon is the opening of what I'd like to call the East Coast Ferndale. Uh, for those of you on the East Coast, you probably know where I'm going with this. It's the opening day of the 2009 Maryland State Fair at Timonium. Timonium. We do have half-mile uh, half, uh, half racing at Timonium Racecourse tomorrow. First post on tomorrow at Timonium is 110. Now, ordinarily, I call and give a horse out for the live product at River Downs, but frankly, I didn't think that there was anything... Uh, Worth digging up at River Downs tomorrow. What I mean is, is that I think that uh, the proficient handicapper that listens to winning ponies can figure out the card for themselves. I don't think it's overly difficult for tomorrow. So, try to give out uh, horse uh, Timonium tomorrow. Uh, horse by the name of Irish Colony is in race number six tomorrow at Timonium. He's the two horse in there, eight to one on the morning line, and I think you'll get every bit of eight to one. So, this is the price play of the afternoon at Timonium tomorrow. That place can be fairly chalky, so hopefully we can buck that trend with Irish Colony. Here's a horse I've ridden by Tom Foley uh, that's had a race. He's second start off the layoff, which is an angle that I like to play routinely. More to the point, though, he had a race at seven furlongs, and this is a horse that by no stretch of the imagination isn't a one-turn horse. And he ran seven furlongs at Lowell Park, and he showed more speed than he ever has in his racing career. So it uh, looked like Irish Colony was just happy to be back onto the race tower, racetrack that day. Uh, finished fourth. It was a respectable effort, all things considered. You have to remember that this is a nine-year-old that had not been out in a couple months, so certainly should improve off that race. Uh, one thing that you can't say too often, this horse, uh, of course, running seven furlongs at Laurel, was going one turn last time. At Timonium, he's going a mile and 16th tomorrow. That's four turns. So he adds an additional three turns tomorrow at Timonium. And I, I like that very much. I think he's the kind of horse, uh, especially in his advanced age, that the bullring kind of protects him. And he's, you know, his game as he comes, he's earned over $400,000. He's got a ton of that class. He knows how to win. And more to the point, he's the only horse 
at that uh, in that race that has won a race at Timonium. It was uh, 81 buyer figure that he earned. If he comes anywhere close to that, they can uh, they'll be running for second money now. Certainly, Irish Colony's not an 81 buyer horse anymore, but he's in against four thousand dollar claimers, not winners of the year. So, yeah, he's in the right condition. He's in the right distance. Uh, the favorite, the three horse Elba Battleon, might be on the wrong side of a form cycle. He should take a lot of money. So, therefore, I think Irish Colony two horse race six at Timonium. He's eight to one on the morning line. I think you'll get eight to one for your wagering enjoyment. I like that a whole lot. Four times around, you definitely get your money's worth. I, you know what? I'm going to plead ignorance to this. Is Tom Foley a bit of a jump rider? That's the same Tom Foley. He's kind of, uh, uh, you know, he's jostled between riding the jumps and riding the, riding on the Maryland thoroughbred scene and the Charlestown thoroughbred scene. So um, he actually went out to Southern California and tried his hand out there with uh, limited success. So he's back on the East Coast and. You know, uh, a lot of the jockeys come out of the woodwork for the Timonium meet. It's kind of uh, kind of a vacation for some of the mainstream Maryland horsemen. And, and with Charlestown racing being what it is, you don't get as many invaders from Charlestown because, frankly, the money's better if they stay at home. So, uh, you know, you get a little bit of the guys that uh, uh, can, can take uh, advantage of opportunities, but the opportunities are sometimes few and far between. Pete, I have to ask you, uh, besides handicapping, and we've already got yours locked, loaded, and written down, we've got about another week plus of racing at River Downs, and where has the summer gone? you got a little vacation time coming. Are you going to be picking up any any engagements throughout the uh, the off season? Well, that depends on how many of your listeners out there have uh, hiring power at any of the nation's racetracks, uh, actively seeking uh, employment somewhere. Um, we did go up to Beulah Park for the winter last year. Have elected to not return to the Grove City Oval uh, this year. So, uh, looks like a fishing vacation until somebody uh, until the phone rings. And if the phone doesn't ring, I'll be back at River Downs in 2010, uh, ready to ready to go. So, uh, kind of like an old gelding uh, that's not all that old. I'm getting turned out in the farm, and I don't know how happy I am about it. Well, definitely, I would have to say, if I had a dollar to bet, uh, it would be on the the phone will ring somewhere, some way, and it's probably going to be some mule circuit somewhere, if I may uh, interject that. Uh, Pete, it's, it's been a pleasure having you on all, all year long. I know we got you for about another week, possibly, before you actually, uh, hopefully, uh, no matter where you land, that uh, you'd, uh, you'd give us a call, and no matter where you're handicapping, we always appreciate what you have to say and your insights into the game, but uh, I just want to let you know it's been a pleasure having you on all year long, and it's even better a pleasure to have you uh, calling in the booth. It, Brings a lot of excitement to Little River Downs. Oh, I do appreciate that, Ed. And you know, uh, we started out the season red hot. If I hadn't have given out a winner, a couple, a couple winners the first couple weeks, I wouldn't have probably been on all season. So, uh, my thanks to uh, the horses and jockeys that uh, took to the racetrack and did good things for me and all the betters out there that are listening. So, um, I haven't been on very much of a roll lately. Uh, I think the last winner we gave out was a mule that paid uh, four dollars. So, kind of do a little bit better than that. But uh, you know. Uh, as you say, Ed, I'm the kind of handicapper that likes to take to the smaller circuits. It's uh, Not only is it opening day at uh, the Maryland State Fair tomorrow, tomorrow evening for the night racing fans, it's opening night in San Antonio at Matama <laughs> Park. And I'd urge anybody out there that's uh, 
wagering on nighttime circuits to give Rotama a try for no other reason than they have 12% takeout Ooh. on their pick threes and daily doubles. So it's certainly a better uh, paradise there, and especially with the Rotama races being uh, you know, fairly formful at times. Uh, they, you can really make money uh, with the reduced takeout at Rotama. So uh, make sure to tune in to some races from Rotama, you know, one-mile racing, uh, turf course racing. So it's uh, not the typical nighttime circuit, and it's uh, opening the night tomorrow uh, up in San Antonio. That is some food for thought there, definitely financial food for thought. I have not heard it take out that low unless it was by a mistake. Pete, thanks for the insight. Thanks for your time, and it's always a pleasure to hear from you, my friend. Uh, same here, and uh, hopefully the Irish Colony will run the race that he should run tomorrow at Timonium. And like I say, I think uh, uh, at least in the last couple weeks, this is probably the longest horse I've given out, so hopefully he delivers. Uh, I know I'll be betting on him, you know, like John Engelhardt said earlier. One thing about me, I'm not giving you a horse I don't like myself, and frankly, I try to steer away from the favorites, not because uh, I don't bet favorites by any stretch of the imagination, but I don't really uh, condone giving favorites out because, frankly, they're favorites because uh, everybody else can see what I can see. So I try to lend, uh, lend a helpful hand into races that may uh, not be all that they appear on paper. And that you do, my friend. Pete, have a great night. We'll hear you at the races tomorrow, my friend. Sounds good. Everybody want to land. Have a great evening. Thanks, Pete. Pete Ilo, Pistol Pete, and his plays for the week. Telling you what, the boy knows the game. Final furlong handicap, and we got a few minutes here. we got four minutes, and let's roll it up. Let's start on Saturday in race number seven at Saratoga. I love the eight, and that would be Selva. And if you go back and listen to last week, I didn't do too bad. Selva Allen Garcia for David Carroll. No, I wasn't, uh, wasn't bragging there. I was just saying got lucky, which is a good, good thing in racing. Uh, we got Allen Garcia in the mount here for uh, David Carroll. Allen Garcia is winning 22%. One for one at Saratoga with a win, dropping down from the grade one prior rest to a grade three. Selva in the seventh at Saratoga. The ninth race begins a $1 million pick for you. got to love that there. John actually uh, brought up a couple, uh, couple ru- uh, runners to talk about there, but uh, he may have left out Rutherian. He may have left out Dinah Lassie. But, you know, I'm going to bring up somebody here in this race. That's the 7 Cocoa Beach. That is Ramon Dominguez, who's been lighting up New York for Saeed Ben Suor and who's winning 63% of the time, one for one at Saratoga and three for three on the turf. Incredible. Incredible numbers there. You can't squabble at all with Cocoa Beach. Add a little milk. I think you got some chocolate milk coming your way. Cocoa Beach, Ramon Dominguez stings him the first leg in the Boston Spa. And then I'm going to go on to, I believe, race number 10 out there at uh, at, at beautiful Saratoga, the Spa. And, you know, I'm going to go against John. I'm going to take Indian Blessing. There's really not much to say besides short price. Bullet Bob Baffert and John Velasquez shipping in from Hollywood Park. Two for two with wins at Saratoga. Indian Blessing, bless all you want. That might be a single there. Then the 11th race, seven furlongs, the King's Bishop, a grade one at Saratoga. Race number 11, I agree with John here. Munnings, Todd Pletcher, a mile and an eighth back to seven panels. And the Haskell, he is right there. He did his homework. Runners that uh, actually faced in the Haskell did very well. This is a million seven dollar uh, sales person by Spatestown, and I'm telling you what, the rail is a good place, but hopefully it's not a quagmire. John was looking at maybe what the remnants of the hurricane was doing, so he was watching the weather closely. The 12th race, the mile and a quarter Shadwell Travers here. You know what? 
you could make a case for four or five in here, but I, I have to agree once again. We handicap together a lot, and, and then it's almost like being married in a sense. You start looking like each other, and our handicap looks a lot like each other. I love Quality Road, 5 for 5 Lifetime, the serial Colt by Elusive Quality. Pletcher and Velasquez, they win together 12% of the time the last 60 days, 44% in the money. Saratoga on August 3rd, if you actually saw that six and a half furlong race, 107 and 1 for the three quarter time. Incredible number there in the Amsterdam. Smoke the clock at her stumbling at the break five wide. Impressive winner of the Florida Derby. And half, it's hard to slight this runner. A bullet before the race and a bullet after. I think this three year old Colt is just itching. Ran a nice little work in the mud. Five furlongs and 59 and three handily, which means did it with ease. Six and a half to a mile and a quarter, no problem here. I see quality road in the Travers. And there you have it. Time flies when you're talking about thoroughbred racing and winning ponies. I'd like to thank our special guest of the week, Mr. John Collins Zinglehart, Mr. Pistol Pete Ayala with his plays of the week, and most importantly, you for taking the time to tune in. Next week's, next week's guest will be veteran rider, Mr. Johnny McKee. And until then, may your winners be many and your photos be few. Good luck and enjoy this week's Travers. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.